0: When I was young, I really wanted to go out and play. And my mother said, you can't go out and play until you clean your room. And I said, okay, look, fair deal. I messed up my room, so I went in there and I cleaned it. It was spotless. And then I said, mom, I'm going to go play. And she said, actually, you cannot go out and play unless you clean the kitchen. I said, all right, I didn't really mess up the kitchen, but that's okay, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let this one slide, so I cleaned up the kitchen, then I said, see mum, I'm going out to play, and she said, no you're not, you are going to clean the lounge room, can you relate to this, because I certainly can, and I said, you know what, I don't even spend time in the lounge room, none of this is mine, I don't drink beer, but anyway... I cleaned the lounge room as well. And I said, but mum, I'm going out to play. And she said, wait, 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 wait. Don't go out that door. You are going into the backyard and you are going to pick up all the dog poo and you're going to clean that backyard until it's spotless. And then you can go play. And I said, okay, mum. Okay. So I did that too. Now this story makes much more sense when I tell you that my mother's name was Scott Morrison. Or maybe it was Daniel Andrews. I don't know. That was a pretty good joke though, right? But that's how it feels. It feels like they keep changing the goalposts when it comes to this whole COVID thing. Oh, the new reality of COVID. We're so scared. Oh, so over it. Okay, so I think it's very important that we remember things. Ah, that sounded like the most obvious statement of all. Make sure you remember things, folks. But... What I mean is remember what they have told us. Remember the goal that they set out. The goal was to flatten the curve. Okay, let's flatten the curve. Make sure the hospital systems aren't overwhelmed because if they're overwhelmed, then other people will die as well because if all the ICU beds are taken up by COVID patients and someone comes in who was in, I don't know, a motorbike accident, well, we can't care for that patient. And then we have to choose who lives and who dies. Oh, tragic. Oh, no. Let's all hold hands across Australia and cry about it. But the point is this. The hospital systems were never overwhelmed in Australia. So when can we get back to work? When can we just get back at it and get back out there and start building things and creating things and innovating and making our lives better? Well, they don't say flatten the curve anymore. Okay, now it's about eradicating the virus completely. You can't go outside. You can't go into restaurants. Look, they stripped back some of our rights when it goes to pubs. Like, we can't have more than 10 people, I think it is, in a pub now at any one time. They've stripped that back in New South Wales. And in Victoria, you can't leave. They've boarded it all up. And they've, of course, locked down those 3,000 most vulnerable members of our society, which we talked about in the last episode. So what is the goal? Because if the goal was to save the hospital systems, we've done that. I don't know how much the government actually, uh, their uh, implementation of their policies actually saved the hospitals, or maybe they were just never at risk in the first place. But in either case, the curve is flat. So what do we do now? Can't we just get back to work? Well, no, we have to eradicate the whole virus or get a vaccine. That, they're, they're our options now. That's not what they said at the start. Imagine if they said that we need to eradicate the entire virus before you can leave your house. Uh, I don't think people would go for that. And people won't go for it because, and I've said this before, and I'm so sick of talking about this COVID stuff. But if one person comes into Australia with the virus, just one person, and we don't have an adequate amount of people who have the antibodies, we don't have herd immunity, then do we have to lock down again? It seems like that is the case because they lock down Melbourne like there's no tomorrow. I have friends who are in the uh, meat supply industry, and he has noticed that a lot of people in New South Wales are panic buying and, and filling their uh, filling their fridges and their their um, warehouses with product because they're afraid of the next lockdown. So it's crazy. Uh, this, this whole moving the goalpost thing is crazy. And at, at some point, you just need to say, you know what, Mum or Dad or Scotty Morrison or, or Dan Andrews, uh, you need to get stuffed. But is is it as bleak as they say? Have you noticed that the mainstream media, the corporate-sponsored media, have now started to say, oh, cases are up. Oh, there are more cases. Oh, there was a case spike in uh, Crossroads, Liverpool. Man, there's a spike in literally every every disease in that place. Ew, so gross. Um, But (laughs) the cases are up. Okay, well, deaths have dropped by 90% since April. Where are the articles that say, hey, this is really good? No, they don't say that, do they? Uh, The other reason that there are increased cases is because they are now doing antibody testing as well as COVID testing. So, of course, you're going to have more cases that go up. People testing positive for either of these, but they lump them in the same statistic. And also, if you're ramping up testing everywhere, like in Melbourne, they've done thousands, hundreds of thousands of tests. Of course, you're going to get more cases it's like okay, uh, we have a case that there's only five people with red hair, but then if you surveyed more and, more and 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 more people, of course that number's gonna go up because there are more people with red hair, or the politically correct term, rangers. There are more rangers in the world, And you would notice. But if you did all the testing, then you would know that. Uh, so look, they're 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 doing all this crazy stuff and they're changing the goalpost. Uh, It's not about flattening the curve. It's more about eradicating the virus for a vaccine. And it's all about these bureaucrats and politicians just... I don't know if it's about them, like, sort of deep state, they want to seize more power, or if it's kind of like, this is my time to shine, I can finally be a world leader, and I look so good doing this. Like, you can see the self-righteousness on Daniel Andrews' face when he's talking to the press about locking down the country, and it's just insane. And Scott Morrison, obviously, um, I don't know if it's obvious to you, but he recently sent a 1,000 army troops to Melbourne to help with his efforts. And if that doesn't bother you, I don't know what will. And I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, because that bothers me. Okay, so maybe you're thinking, maybe you're sitting there and maybe you're a new listener, uh, one of many. Uh, This this is actually growing quite well. I'm, I'm quite happy. And thank you for being here. But if you are a new listener, maybe you're thinking, well, look. The government's there to help us and the government's there to keep us safe. And look, they've got good intentions. And actually, it's because of the government interventions that we're in such a good position because we don't want to be like Sweden or America. Well, maybe we do want to be more like Sweden. Maybe we do. Three weeks ago, there were 1,800 new coronaviruses, uh, coronavirus cases every day. Now, that's absolutely crazy and you'd be like, oh my goodness, they're just letting it run wild and they're going to collapse and stuff. Oh man. Well, put it this way. Their hospital systems didn't collapse. They were fine. And yesterday, there were, sorry, three days ago, there were only 34 cases, down from 1,800. You don't hear that, do you? If you actually took the number of deaths and you superimpose that, and you can look this up, superimpose that against the number of deaths on New York City, you can see that Sweden actually flattened their curve, and New York didn't. So it's not really about the, the amount of government intervention that will give us a better outcome. It actually does the opposite. Speaking of bad government intervention, what about in New York how Como, Cuomo, whatever the hell his name is, he signed an executive order in his great wisdom to admit COVID patients who have recovered, seemingly, into nursing homes. That sounds really, really smart. Because, uh, obviously, uh, COVID doesn't affect the elderly, you idiot. Okay, so he put out, and you can look this up as well, 4,300 recovering coronavirus patients into nursing homes across the Empire State. Wow. That is government intervention at its finest. Right, okay, let's. uh, I just wanted to jump ahead to that because that's just, oh, like, uh, anyway. All right, let's go back to Sweden. Uh, So, down from 1800, they're down to 34 cases. Uh, I think they have an average of five deaths per day. Uh, And they have 10 million people in the country. It's quite a small country. Uh, How many do you think? Here's a question to the audience. How many do you think under the age of 50 died of COVID? Country of 10 million. People under the age of 50, how many died of COVID? Well, it's less than 100. 70 people under the age of 50 died of COVID. And look, we did a whole episode a couple of weeks back just about COVID and the stats, and there's way more in-depth than this one. This is just really a rant about uh, good old Dan Andrews and Scott Morrison. But you can go back and listen to that if you want more facts and figures, and there's also an article that goes with that that you can see on politicaldeactivist.com. Uh, which will be really, really good for you as well. Uh, But look, 70 people under the age of 50 died in a country where they had practically no lockdowns. So should you be scared? Should you really be scared? Should you be, you know, hand sanitizing yourself a thousand times a day and and wearing masks uh, indoors and while you're doing it with your partner? Because that's what they suggest in New York. It's, It's absolutely retarded. I tried really hard not to use that word because I don't want to get cancelled because of cancel culture. But, uh, you know, whatever. it is, absolutely retarded and uh, cancel me. I don't care. We have to realise that this disease, this virus, only affects the elderly and people with comorbidities. Uh, In California, 40% of the fatalities have come from uh, nursing homes. In Pennsylvania, it's 65%. And in Sweden, it is uh, 50%. So... Look, just let's. Can we get over it? Can we just move on with our lives? Just protect the elderly and build herd immunity. Stay at home, save lives. Stay at home, save lives. Stay at home, save lives. No matter how many times you say it, it still makes me cringe. Now, as a direct result of government intervention, into the coronavirus pandemic 28 million Americans are going to be evicted models suggest 28 million Americans being evicted from their homes how many people even live in australia i'm pretty sure it's only 26 million so imagine the entire population of australia homeless i mean we might look homeless and or or, or you know rugged Rugged. <laughs> Who's ever uh described a homeless guy as rugged? But scruffy. We all look homeless and scruffy, at least to me. But imagine that, the entire population of Australia are homeless because of these retarded interventions. One of the things that annoys me the most is that Daniel Andrews, you know, he locks down the entire uh state, locks down three thousand people against their will, uh in those government housing blocks. Do you know how much money Daniel Andrews makes off the taxpayer every year? I do. It's $352,000. $352,000 for being a douchebag. Where do I sign up? Will you vote for me? I can be a douchebag. I can lock people up. He got a pay rise of 11.8% in one year. Dude, like, where, have you ever read up on investing? Like, if you read the Intelligent Investor or Barefooted Investor or, or Warren Buffett's biography or any of those dudes, they'll say, "Look, ten percent return is amazing." This guy made an eleven point eight percent pay increase for doing nothing. How much do you think Scott Morrison makes? He makes five hundred and forty nine thousand dollars. Each and every year that his useless fat ass is in office. But also, uh, the Prime Minister also gets the the Golden Pass. So the Golden Pass gives him free travel wherever he likes for the rest of his entire life. They also make something like $200,000 a year after they leave office just because they've been in the office before. You know, while, while all of us are struggling to get by, they're pocketing that amount of money off the private sector, off taxpayers, for basically running us into the ground. Oh, that's absolutely disgusting. So uh, Scott Morrison is the fifth highest paid world leader. Do you know, that's uh, inc- he's second to Donald Trump. Is this a crazy idea or what? Maybe if they shut down the entire economy so that no- none of us can work, Maybe they should all take a pay cut or a pay suspension until things start back up again. Maybe that's a good idea. Of course, no one would uh, ever suggest that. It has been a while since the last episode. And the reason for that was because I attended the Friedman 24-hour live conference, live video conference, which was, it was pretty amazing. But I'm still recovering. You know when you're young and you can do an all-nighter and get up at 6 a.m. the next day and it's fine and you don't feel that bad? I don't know why you would get up at 6 a.m., but you could if you wanted to. Man, it took me all week to recover from this. I'm still recovering. Um, and it's almost been a week to the day. Uh, but the 24-hour uh, live video conference was really, really cool. I had uh, Dave Rubin. I had, uh, had David Friedman. I had Patrick Friedman. I uh, had a lot of a lot of cool speakers. And I was actually in one of the Zoom rooms where you could just chat to people, chat to the speakers. And it was really, really amazing. But uh, one of the biggest takeaways I had from that conference was that you can't offer freedom if you don't have it. You can only offer the idea of freedom, uh, which I found very interesting. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what that really means in today's environment. So you listening to this podcast now, I'm just telling you about the ideas of freedom but i'm not actually giving it to you it's it's almost like listening to someone who knows a lot of music theory like i could talk about piano to you i could talk about all the amazing kind of theory behind making a good song and you know the circle of fifths and arpeggios and when you put these together it sounds really beautiful and you should try this but until you hear someone actually compose a piece of music and play it for you then it's not actually going to compel you and move you. So I've been thinking this week about how I can actually give people freedom and what freedom I have to offer to show them so that they can experience how good it is to actually live in uh, as a free human being on this planet. And it's interesting because during this whole COVID period, I'm not going to say that I didn't obey the law, I'm going to say, yes, I did obey the law. But imagine if I didn't. uh, Imagine if I told people it's your responsibility if you have vulnerable members of your family, whether you come over to my gathering with more than five people. It's your responsibility if you come or not. And it's your responsibility to shake hands if you want to or not. That was a level of freedom I may or may not have had that other people didn't. Now you might be saying that's oh that's irresponsible. Well, look, you wouldn't have come, would you? And that was your prerogative. Uh, maybe you weren't invited. I'm sorry. You can come to the next one if I had one in the first place. Man, how good is my little uh, verbal? Uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, dodging of uh, getting blamed for breaking a law if I did or didn't. Uh, anyway, so so that's one aspect that I'm thinking. It's like, well, how do I give people? freedom that they don't have and that was one thing but i think the other area where i can give people freedom is in the area of responsibility and taking personal responsibility because that's what anyone can do so if you're listening to this and you're out of a job or you know you've you're down on your luck or whatever and you're looking To other people to support you so maybe you look into the JobKeeper payment or you're looking to your parents or you're looking to family members or your community for support and now look there are some circumstances where this is appropriate but the more that you can take on more responsibility for yourself the more freedom that you will actually experience now I can give a really really simple example of that is When I started stretching and when I started doing more yoga, eh, what a fairy, he does yoga. I probably have his soy milk as well. No, but when I started stretching and doing yoga, it was a discipline that I had to adopt and it was a responsibility I had to take it on. But the level of freedom it gave me was worth it. So the fact now that my back doesn't hurt, the fact now that I can you know, put my shoes on while standing up, You know, and tie the laces, you know, the balance that it's given me, the the fact that when you have a pain in your body, it's hard for you to actually concentrate, but you don't notice that it's hard. It's like when you have a hard day of work and you take your shoes off and you're like, wow, I feel free. That's what happens when you take on personal responsibility. You feel free. Imagine a dog who's been well trained versus a dog who hasn't been trained. Which one actually has the more freedom? The, the one that's actually had the discipline behind it rather than the rabid one who just barks and chases its tail and, and no one likes it and it doesn't actually have a big scope of, quote-unquote, freedom. It's hard to talk about freedom when you're talking about animals, especially ones that have been caged. Animal rights! Yay! But so I think the angle that I'm going to be taking over the next couple of weeks is how do other people actually experience freedom? And I think the way you experience freedom is through personal responsibility. Yes, we need to shrink the government. Yes, we need to get rid of these regulations. Yes, we need to lower the tax rate. And actually, I'm working on a video at the moment uh, for a company here in Australia about lowering the company tax rate because we are one of the highest tax rate countries in uh in our region and the world actually out of developed nations uh and that's actually really really bad for us because it means companies move overseas because there are better tax incentives and it means that less people invest here because the returns aren't as good because the government takes a big chunk so there's actually hope if you're a company in australia that the taxes will go down so yes we should be working towards that but also we should be working towards more responsibility and with more responsibility you'll feel much more free Another quick example would be your sleep patterns, right? And these are very, very trivial examples, I know. And we can get into more philosophical ones later. But, you know, the the discipline of actually going to bed early and getting up early gives you the freedom to actually pursue greater projects with your life, So what do you think? How do you experience freedom in your own life? And how are you going to be communicating that freedom with other people? What do you think about Dan Andrews being the highest paid MP of all time in Australia? What do you think of Scott Morrison making $549,000 a year with a gold pass? What do you think of the ever-changing goalposts that is the COVID eradication plan? And what do you think about 2021 are we going to get over it i really really hope so subscribe check out our youtube channel i've i've put a couple new videos up on there and there's going to be more every week and you know what as always share this with a friend or if you didn't like it share it with an enemy see you later